All right. We are back for another episode of the Archery Coach Cast, presented by International Archery Institute. Um, most of you probably know who the gentleman is here to my left on my computer screen. It's Coach Larry <laughs> Wise, our director of everything, well, education oriented specifically at IAI, um, and myself, Frank McDonough. Um, we are coming at you today with a, another episode of the CoachCast, but we're talking practice regiments, we're talking outdoor target, maybe some field, I don't know what, what direction you want to go with that, Larry, um, but we're, we're, we're switching gears to um, the outdoor competition world since tis the season. As a matter yeah. of fact, Larry, I got my first uh, grass hollow archery grasshopper archery i got my first feeder coming up on may 8th um at our at our facility so that's a 72 round double uh, or single feeder so you can shoot the single or shoot the double but it's registered as a double uh, um, 70 meters yeah yep, 70 meters olympic recurve senior 50 meters um you know my barebow world um and then obviously the the relative distances for so, so barebow's 50 also i didn't know if that was 40 or 50 no barebow is 50 meters at the 122 centimeter face now large face yes um, i know you know who rick stonebreaker is rick went oh, yeah. to arizona cup and shot the men's olympic recurve with his barebow rig he fared out well like seventh i think but that was 60 meters that was how much 60 meters i guess masters olympic recurve is 60 yep yep so um Uh, but we'll we'll get going Uh, here all right so daniel thanks for joining us uh looks like daniel's a level two instructor yep shoots both compound and recurve and recurve indoor outdoor cool daniel where are you from uh by the way bud just curious so put that in the chat and then all right larry so let's get started so tis the season it is outdoor target time um we got arizona cup going on we got gator cup i guess coming up we have um uh, some local tournaments here in pennsylvania are starting uh some field mm -hmm. um and well 3d of course is going on yeah, I saw a lot of pictures on Facebook of guys out with their their 3D stools, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's getting cranked up for everybody around here. Uh, so that's that's why I thought about practice tips, um, just to make sure people are doing things that help them, and not just shooting a lot of arrows. Uh, shooting a lot of arrows can get you condition get build your stamina for shooting the way you've been shooting <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily make you better that just means you can do it longer right but if it ain't good it ain't fun yeah um okay so first thing i want to pass along to, to everybody keep records keep records of what you're doing about your practicing doesn't have to be complicated to keep it simple, uh, particularly about your bow tuning issues and changes that you make. 
because uh, yeah, if you have that record to look back on in a month, um, you can see, well, I already tried that and it didn't work before, so I'm not going to waste any more time doing that. And so you, you move on to try some other tuning issues, other tuning techniques. Um, okay, so uh, what I wrote down first, what came to mind first is uh, a practice uh, technique that I use, I'm using it now. I'm not shooting all that much, but I still like to do this. And that is to shoot either one or two arrows at a, at a target, the proper size field target, for instance, at every five yards. So you can start at 10 or 15 and move back, shoot two arrows, move back, shoot 20. Shoot two arrows, move back, shoot 25 and go back as far as you want. Uh, so if you're doing this bare bow, Frank, you would go to what maximum distance bare bow? Well, I mean, we shoot 50 meters max for outdoor target, but for field hunter round, you're shooting an 80 yard max. So, and I've done this before, so, but I'll, I'll just do it on a regular, you know, face, mm -hmm. 122 centimeter face, just to figure out where my crawls would be. Um, you know, typically yeah. you max out somewhere around 70 meters, 70, 60, 70 meters with bare bow, as far as point on fingers up against the string with a three right. under anchor. Now you can always switch and go to a uh, one over two under anchor, which brings that arrow down a little bit more and mm -hmm. you, but you go substantially higher. It's a big jump. Yeah. Um, and a lot of barebow shooters are very uh, experienced with aiming with like the edge of their riser. So the shelf will be ballpark 80 yards or they can figure out you're shooting one or two arrows in a field round at that distance. So you don't need to have, you need paper. You just need paper. Yeah. Right. You want to hit paper. Yeah. You want to hit a scoring ring at, at 80 yards barebow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, now you can do this routine in three different ways. Uh, you can start up close and walk back every five yards, uh, or you can start way back and walk up. Or, you know, you could actually do that walk back and then walk up. And if you wanted more arrows and you're checking your marks you're checking your routine as you move from distance to distance, getting the sight set, and then getting relaxed to make your shots. Uh, third way to do it is random draw. So you simply uh, pick at random what distance you're going to go to, and then pick another distance. So that, that's a little more walking but it's more realistic too, because between field targets or 3D targets, you're walking, you have downtime and you need to get some of that into your practice regimen. You know, not, not getting all warmed up and keeping warmed up as you're shooting all of these different distances, but uh, shoot a target, 
shoot a couple of arrows, walk a distance, and in that time you cool down. So yeah, when you're shooting field archery, you're shooting cold a lot. The first arrow for each target is always cold. <laughs> and then if you have to wait on a group, you're really cold. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to get that into your practice regimen so that you know you're a good match with your bow. Um, I know uh, that sometimes is a problem with certain setups, certain cams or particular reflex riser. You know, you do great in practice, but when you get into the, the tournament and you have those, the, the, all that downtime between shots, um, then that particular cam or handle can hurt you. you. You just don't mesh with it cold. Um, yeah. You do when you're all warmed up and yeah, I know, know somebody that had a recent episode of that uh, in, in the pro division. And so that bow went on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, which, well, you got to do it. You know, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And if you don't like what you've been getting, you better change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like the, I like the idea of, um, you know, practicing moving your site. I mm -hmm. think that that's, that's an overlooked detail when it comes to field hunter um, oh, yeah. and 3D. Mm -hmm. People, you can't just have 20, 30, 40, 50. Like you have to know oh. all, of, all of every yardage. I mean, at least 20, 20, yeah, yeah. At, at least 20, 23, 25, 27, um, 30. And then for like the hunter rounds that have the off mark, you can then go to that specific mm -hmm. distance and shoot that, you know, cause they usually, I guess what it's like a 32 yard fan, um, is often what you'll see and then you'll, you'll have the walkbacks and you'll have to shoot some of those off yardages 32 yeah, 24. Yeah. right you have to shoot those distances to have them 64 yard walk up or that um yes but you can't and, forget to move your site in a field round specifically you okay, forget to move so your site <laughs> that gets that gets me to two two important things one you must have a yardage marked sight tape on your site. You can't go by the program numbers or, or that uh, sight in scale, which is uniform. That 24 turn scale or whatever, there are several different ones. You must have the yardage marked, every yard marked on your sight tape. And that eliminates a set of numbers in your brain when you get to a target stake, right? Because you already have a lot of numbers, right? It's, it's target number 14, and it's a 53-yarder, right? Or it's target number 21 or target number 20, and you're at a 25-yarder. Well, if you... <laughs> If you have another set of numbers now to deal with, you know, out of that computer, out of your 
computer program that you have, uh, you know, that's just more confusion than, and, and it's going to burn you. So you got to get that yardage side tape on for sure. Uh, and uh, second point, um, you must have your pre-shot routine written down. So what all are you going to do from the time you arrive at a target? Okay, so it's target number seven, you arrive and you see that it is now a 50 yarder. Okay, so what steps do you go through? And do you have them written down? So you get them written down so that you know what to do, you know how to do it because you've practiced it, and then you know when to do it. That's why you write it down in order, just like your form steps. Uh, so if you write this uh, pre-shot routine down, then you will be thorough. You won't miss anything. You might have to carry that list with you for a while before you can trust that you're going to hit all of those important points. You know, first you're going to set your sight for the yards. Next, you're going to double check that. <laughs> okay. Uh, then you're going to look at the target. Oh, it's uphill. So I'm going to have to cut a little bit. Right. Um, and so how much uphill? Well, I think, you know, this is like a half yard. I'm going to have to cut. So that enters into your plan. Uh, there's a little bit of wind. Okay. So now I have to plan for that. Um, there's a little bit of sun coming into my face. So I have to plan for that make sure I have a hat with a bill that's going to help me. Yeah. So you have to get all of those things written into your pre-shot routine. Yeah, that's a lot too. I mean, especially yeah, when you start looking is. at multiple competition formats. If you're going to yeah. shoot outdoor target and you're shooting 70 meter game for Olympic recurve, 50 meter for compound, right. barbell, whatever, you can't just practice in the best conditions every time. You can't right. not go and practice because it's raining cats and dogs, as they say. Yeah. No, you need to go and practice. So, you know, like, and in barebow, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know how many countless times I've had barebow shooters say to me, oh, I never shot in the rain before. All of a sudden, my point on was hitting at the bottom of the target. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine that happening in, 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 down, in downpour rain. And, you yeah. know, they don't realize, well, you just gave up maybe 10, 15, 20 points on, yeah, out of 60 yeah. because you went thunk, 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 and you did it for three or four arrows before yeah. you realized I better aim high or figure out what's going on. And it's, it's not just that, but it's also the wind. So, you know, maybe in field, I know here in Pennsylvania, traditionally your field hunter courses are in the woods. So the wind isn't as much of an issue, right? But an outdoor target, oh, you yeah. have to practice aiming off, whether it's Olympic recurve compound or bare bow, you yeah. have to practice aiming off and do that in your practice sessions. 
Right. So when we ran our junior dream team camps, the, the national level, uh, we had aiming off uh, practice. So we had uh, the kids take a, uh, a circle jig and draw a circle over in the red. And then we would, they would put their targets up. We do that, uh, a circle in the red to the left and a circle in the red to the right. Then we'd have them put their targets up and that's the circle we scored. We didn't score the goal. So that they learn to visually and mentally commit to that red spot. Because you can't be half looking at the gold while you're trying to aim at the red, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's going to burn you. Yeah, you've got to fully commit to aiming and executing physically and mentally to the red one you'll on the left or the red on the right. Uh, and you got to find out. You'll find out if you're an over aimer if that happens and you have such a hard time aiming off. Mm -hmm. there's, a lot. there's a ton of people out there, and I see it in in all all disciplines. Barebow it shows up very very. Uh, it's very obvious, but people who are over aimers because if you are solely solely concentrated on allowing that that center gold to become a trigger for you to either let go, activate the release or whatever it is, you know, not only is that target panic that's already there, you may not even know it, um, but also they just can't move it. They can't, they're okay in the middle, but they can't move it elsewhere, but they're okay in the middle because they're there. They aim hard and, there's moments in outdoor target archery where you do have to aim hard. And typically that's in like high wind. Um, you have to be a little bit more of a, I don't want to say command, but you have to be a little bit more purposeful the way you aim because the wind is just that steady. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we talked about it before on the podcast last year at outdoor target nationals, we had every, ounce of weather you could have in two days we had yeah, torrential well, downpours we had crazy wind gusts we had 85 degree wet condition 85 degrees sun out wet conditions humidity rising like we literally had every everything <laughs> yeah and that's even hard to, that's it's hard to to train or prepare for that unless you've either shot in those conditions or you purposefully practiced in those environments. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you got to practice the way you're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that in major sports teams, uh, teams that have a, and that's what Wayne Gretzky always demanded from his coaches, that their practice was high energy, high speed, just like games. And, you know, no, no lazy practice sessions, you know, so, um, the, and that paid benefits for the teams that he was on, despite having him on the team, <laughs> you know, the biggest advantage, but, uh, yeah, so you got to practice 
the way you intend to play. Uh, and that puts a lot uh, on your mental game as well. Um, so back to that uh, two arrows at each tar at each of every five yards. Uh, you're, you're checking your marks, one thing. You're also checking your center shot setting. Because if you're uh, left at the short ones and, long, and, and right at the long ones, I've got an issue that you need to take care of with, with center shot. Yeah, and I, I mean, most places where you go and buy a bow, they only give it a rough setup. You really don't typically get 100% setup unless you have somebody that's really, really, really good and knows the bow in and out because mm -hmm. you can't, it's nearly impossible to get it perfectly down the middle on the first try. Oh, yeah. So what, you know, you have, and we see this guy, I mean, I own a shop. I see guys posted online or in Facebook forums all the time. Like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm dead on at 20, but I'm three inches left at 40. Well, I mean, it's it, for those of us in the target archery world, it's definitely a little bit more of a common, common sense thing. We're like, well, your center shots off, you know, you can still get decent flight you can probably still shoot decent groups, but you know, it, that becomes, um, a it's not optimum for what you have to do as far as shooting competition wise in field archery it's super important to have that correct and making sure and what they call it is a walk back tune for those of you that maybe want to look into it or maybe look up some some youtube videos you know and essentially a walk back tune is you shoot your bow at 10 15 20 yards have it zeroed down the middle if you want to, you don't have to do that. Um, and then move back to 50, 40, 50, 60, 70, however far you want to go and make sure that you're still continuing to hit down the middle. That yeah. works also for Olympic recurve and it works for bare bow. I mean, I hit, I might need a couple of clicks on my plunger, maybe like three in bare bow, but for the most part from, you know, 10 yards to to 50 meters i'm pretty close i'm within the tendering on 122 centimeter face for sure yeah. so i had for for a long while i had my own field course set up I, I have enough property i could easily do that i i put out seven target butts and i had two different target faces on each butt to accommodate my 14 targets for field so the first one, target number one, started in, in the back corner of my yard. And it was an uphill uh, and a side hill, up a side hill, 60 yarder. So <laughs> if I, and I was started on that target. If I couldn't shoot a 20 there, if I struggled with that, knowing how much to cut it, right? Preparing my setup, as I raised the bow, I knew I had to be uh, leaning into the hill just a little bit so that when I got the bow drawn, I would be vertical, plump. Uh, so I knew all of that. And if I couldn't 20 that target, that means I was going to struggle the rest, you know, the, for all the other targets. And 
I had to work on something. Can you can you quick elaborate on what you mean by cutting? Because if we have any bow hunters who listen to this, they might not understand that. If we have um, some people who strictly shoot like indoor or just outdoor target, they might not understand that. Can you explain okay. what cutting is? So this gets into trigonometry lesson. So when, well, it, it is. <laughs> so if you're shooting uphill, um, the distance from your eye to the target spot might be 60 yards. Okay, but that's an uphill slant. All right, so gravity will affect the arrow over the horizontal distance. The horizontal distance is less than that 60 yards. So the distance from your eye to the target spot is the hypotenuse of the right triangle if you had trigonometry. The horizontal distance is the bottom leg of the right triangle. Uh, and that is the distance you set your sight for. And that distance is always less than the distance from your eye to the target spot. So, and that's true for uphill targets and downhill targets. So you're always deciding how much to cut. Although I, uh, and you have to know your own shooting form, I cut uphill targets less than I did downhill. So if I had the same angle downhill for a 60 yarder, I'd probably cut it a little bit more than what I did for the uphill. But you have to know your yourself. Uh, so we never had the uh, hypsometer device or the, you know, the range finder that tells you the horizontal component. Uh, we had to learn that by feel. And so I had a really tough course at my local field course. Uh, we had some really tough uphill and downhill targets. So I learned and I had those reference uh, ankles. So when I went to another field course, oh yeah, this is, this is not quite as steep downhill as the one at home. <laughs> and I knew what to do with the one at home. Yeah, how much to cut. And of course, the closer you move to the target on that, that uphill, the less you cut. So that's what we mean by cuts. It's, you know, remember the gravity affects the arrow across the horizontal distance. And so for bow hunters, same thing. You know, you, you may look sight downhill with your rangefinder to the bottom of a tree and, and it's 24 yards, but you're not going to aim for 24. You're better off sighting horizontal to that tree with your rangefinder. And that might be 22 yards. That's what you need to aim for. So yeah, there's um, it's trigonometry at work. It's gravity affecting across the horizontal distance. So, and just to, for the bow hunters out there, just to explain. So what you're saying is if you're shooting 40 yards downhill right. or right. 40 yards uphill, you're, you're going cut. to hit low. 
you're or you're going to hit high. I'm sorry. Yes, your your arrow yeah. with no adjustment, your arrows would hit high. High. Yeah. You're cutting as in Yeah. So, so taking away from because you would be hitting high. Right. So the horizontal distance is going to be less than 40. And so if that horizontal distance is only 38, that's how you need to sight. Uh, and two yards, two yards error at that distance is going to hurt you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you're shooting at a spot that's yay big or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's still going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think from the bow hunting aspect, I don't think a lot of bow hunters look at that enough because mm -hmm. we hunt from a stationary setting in a tree stand and. Mm -hmm. We're shooting at an animal. Oftentimes, if we are shooting any kind of a significant distance, they're shooting at the lower third. Um, you know, it, it's it's not where mm -hmm. it's not where the idea of oh my gosh, I'm shooting uphill downhill matters. If you practice out of a tree stand, you'll notice that there's a difference. But if you don't, and you practice on right. a horizontal plane all the time. Sorry about the yeah, background yeah. noise. I decided to try to record on my porch today, and it's yeah. all of a sudden this morning while I was on, it was quiet. Yeah. Well, now well, it's midday, and it got a little <laughs> bit louder, so it's all good, though. Whatever. It's okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, just, just a lot. Bow hunters have a problem uh, when the deer is only five yards from directly below them five yards from the base of their tree. Okay, so their, their head, their eye is maybe 25 feet in the air. Okay, eight yards in the air. The deer is only five yards from the tree stand or only four yards, you know, not quite straight down, but almost. And they haven't practiced aiming at four yards to know what pin works. And at four yards, if your sight is here, the arrow has not come up to the line of sight yet. So you really need to shoot four yards and you'll find out you need your 35 or 40 yard pin to be on at four yards. And that's a, a surprise to most. Yeah. When they do their walk back, they'll notice that as well. If you... Yeah. If they start up close. Yep. If you start yeah. up close and say you start with your 20 yard pin up close and you'll see the difference in your rise, you know, mm -hmm. in, in Barabow, I still, my, I climb up and then come back down mm -hmm. shooting with a 20 yard crawl at, at starting at three yards. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll hit close to the middle and then it'll go higher then it'll go higher then it'll go higher. And then I get to like, 15 17 and that's when it finally starts to come back down and then 20 and then back mm -hmm. in the middle right not yeah. enough shooters do that and that's all aspects of archery yeah you have to know and understand the dynamics of the arrow flight right you have to know your trajectory all about your trajectory from one yard back to 80 yards yeah uh one last thing I had on my list here is something I stressed a lot for myself. Uh, and to know 
when I was ready to go to, well, a field target, or a field uh, tournament, or a target tournament. Uh, and that is to stand at 50 or 60 yards and shoot six arrow ends for flow. Can I shoot my first arrow when I'm a little bit cold, still make a good hit, and then repeat that feel? Repeat the feel of the, for the second shot, third shot, and get into a flow with the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Get into a smooth repetition of feel. And many bows I couldn't do that with. And so I knew the tournament was going to be a struggle. And, but some bows, uh, man, I had great, great repeatability of feel, flow. And I knew when I had that in a bow, I was going to do well to tournament. And sometimes I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to win, you know, because it was going really, really well. I do something similar with um, shooting the 50 meter game and the, t and the 20 yards too, and an 18 meter game. But I shoot 10 to 12, usually 10 or 12 arrow ends. Like right now, that's what I'm doing because mm -hmm. I need to build up my strength. I need to build up my endurance. And if you can mentally stay committed for 10 arrows in a row, yeah. you six arrows is a cakewalk. And I mean, obviously competition can, can be a little bit different, but for the most part, I will shoot those high volume arrows. And the other thing it does is because you have to walk so far, it allows to get me, allows me to get my volume in in a little bit lesser amount of time because I am just so busy, but yeah, that's, that's okay. Some practices, but not every day. No, 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 no. Well, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of the next part of that is to explain Period. that yeah. periodization. I'm not shooting that way going into the last week. I might oh, no. do that four weeks out, five weeks out. And then that, that's a gradual cut similar to like we're talking about with yardage. It's a gradual cut where I'm cutting, you know, if I'm at a hundred percent volume on week four, I cut 25% for week three, another 25% for week two. And then I'm only shooting 25% mm -hmm. of the total volume I shot. Um, that week four, yeah. week five, whatever. That's just that's just a general explanation of how I do it. It's not. Um, yes, your your body needs uh, to heal some rest every rest. week. Yep, physically two, two and days, mentally. Two days of rest every week. Yep. They don't have to be back to back, but you know, shoot practice three days, rest a day. Shoot two days, rest a day. Uh, you got to take care of your body or it won't be there when you have to do the tournament and you have more uh, nervous tension, right? Because it's now at, at a tournament, it's a high value moment, <laughs> right? And so you have to deal with your physical issues that you know uh, that comes with those kinds of moments because it's important to you. Yeah. I think that gets 
what I had on, on my list, uh, of okay. course, getting your focus map done for your shot routine is a whole other issue. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think that's something that the focus map might be a, a, a podcast topic all on its own, to be honest with you, Larry. Yeah. Um, when I get my publisher in gear and working on the book to get it out. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. I think that, I think we covered, we covered quite a bit, you know, we're at our 40 minute mark now. So yep. I think we'll, we'll cut that off there. I would encourage everybody who watches the archery coach catch or list coach cast, coach cash, coach cast, whatever. Um, and like uh, yeah. And those that listen to the audio version, um, to watch for um, two individuals joining us. I'm not going to go into detail yet because I want it to be official. Um, different different uh, aspect on learning archery from some, some professionals um, and people who are doing the sport professionally, I should say. And um, we are doing some, so we're doing some individual sessions. The target panic class um, didn't quite fill up as, as much as we maybe had thought, but we still got a few clients. So we're going to be working with them one-on-one through the target panic class. And then uh, one other gentleman who's taking a, a form, a form class. And if we can fit that into our schedules, I think that's something that we will probably do a little bit more of. So I think what we find is not everyone's able to attend a class all at once, all at one time. Um, so if we can cater that to shooters who want to take a target panic class or take mm-hmm. a, a form evaluation class, they can do that basically in a one-on-one session with Larry and, and myself or doc um, or one of us, if one of the other can't be there, um, and take you through all of those steps. So there's multiple options to that. So thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, Larry, anything else? Yeah, that's, that's good. All right. Uh, we covered some good tips there. So uh, good luck to everybody. Good luck, Daniel. All right. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. Everybody have a good, uh, have a good outdoor target season. <laughs>